You're listening to Casey Forum with Kathy Quinn. Public affairs with an entertaining spin. Hey, everybody. This is Kathy Quinn with Fox 4. As you heard, it's Casey Forum. We talk about all sorts of stuff, you know, stuff that's going on in and around the area and and out of the area, and we just have a lot of fun here. And for this podcast, we are going to talk to Miss Connie Schwartz coming up. Uh, she has this really cool nonprofit. She was supposed to retire, and she didn't. Now she's got Celebrate Fatigues, which is to recycle, remember, and honor veterans and our men and women who are serving their country and uh, taking care of us out there. So this is really a cool idea, and you'll want to hear it because it has to do with fatigues. And if you felt kind of fatigued during the pandemic, guess what? So have a lot of other people. And there are some doctors out there who are telling people, yes, there is hope. Dr. Daggett's going to come on and talk to us about uh, a new service that his practice, Sano Orthopedics, is offering. It's express, and it's a way that you can connect with your doctor, and you don't even have to leave your home, which is kind of a neat thing. So, And he's also going to tell us that there's hope out there. We're also going to hear from the Midwest Music Foundation now. During the pandemic, musicians have had a very, very rough time, and Midwest Music Foundation helps them. And it's a really, really uh, heartwarming story. So we'll hear from Rhonda. Joining me now here on KC Forum is Miss Connie Schwartz. Welcome to our podcast this morning. How are you? I'm great. How are you, Kathy? I'm doing very well, and I'm very excited to talk about celebrating fatigues. Now, what happened was... You actually uh, were in the corporate world for many, many, many years. You're supposed to be retired, Connie. What happened? What happened to those plans? <laughs> well, um, I sold my company after 31 years. Mm-hmm. And um, as we're moving from place to place, we've got a box of Barry's uniforms. And at one point, we look at one another and say, we've got to figure out something better to do than to drag this box around. So I thought, there's probably a lot of other boxes around, Mm -hmm. and let's take these uniforms that still have the respect and the dignity that they had when they were being worn and make something out of them so other people can have have a part of this soldier's life. Now, Now, had you been a designer or a seamstress or anything like that? I've sewn all my life, but not this kind of stuff. (laughs) What an incredible idea. Celebrate fatigues. And we're actually talking about fatigues. And I love the motto. It's recycle, remember, and honor. And we're talking about veterans as well as the men and women who are currently serving. I mean, it's it's in all, Navy, Army. um, And just kind of explain how it works. Marines, Coast Guard, Air Force. Oh, that's great. So you can find it on your website. So you're fairly new. Your nonprofit is about a year and a half old. Um, was it tough getting going? Um, I was. I didn't have a timeline. <laughs> and then at the beginning of this year, everything slowed down. Oh, yeah. So I could kind of take my time. And the Sewing Labs, who is our sewing partner, they shut down. And so I went more slowly and did more of the the back office type of work, mm-hmm. um, figuring out the accounting and the shipping and the inventory and those kinds of things. 
that um, that didn't require the sewing. If you're all listening to this podcast right now, you can go um, look at celebratefatigues.org and you can see what we're talking about. So what happens, these fatigues that are sitting in somebody's closet that are taking up room, they're able to go to Connie and to Celebrate Fatigues and where they are taken apart and they are remade into different products, 12 different products. I think my favorite one is the dog collar and then my second favorite is that um, the bag. What is that, the shoulder bag? The crossbody bag. I love that. I love the crossbody bag. I love that. All right. So you have sometimes the veterans at St. Michael's are able to take the uh, the uniforms apart. They help us take the uniforms apart. Okay. We use all of the pieces of the of the uniform if we possibly can. Like on the cell phone um, case, mm-hmm. the little belt loops that you saw. Mm-hmm. On the back of that, they take those off. We take off the buttons. We even take off the ribbons that are in the pants leg. Oh. Those are, um, uh, I can't remember what the name of them is, but they have um, ribbons in the in the bottom of their pants legs so that they can balloon them up. Oh, if okay. it's hot, mm-hmm. we take out those ribbons and we use them on things like the luggage tags. Now, now, how did you do? You go and you work with the designer, right? Um, and she helps you kind of figure out what products you're going to do? Well, we did that together, mm-hmm. and she figured out how to do it. Oh, my gosh. Um, where we can cut a piece of fabric out, the pocket's already on there, and then, you know, by folding the, and sewing the rest of the fabric around that pocket, we've got a product. Oh, my gosh. All right, so name the ones right now. I know people can look on the website, but name. So you've got a, a luggage tag, you have a cell phone case, you have a crossbody bag. We've got a large tote bag. Um, my brother uses the large tote bag for um, his plumbing tools. Oh my gosh, that's great. <laughs> and um, we've got a glasses case, we've got the doggy collars. We have um, a cargo pocket tote, mm-hmm. and I'm thinking, I'm thinking. They, they can look on the website. There's so many of the, of the different products, but what's neat about it is it will have U.S. Army or will have Marines or it'll have, so mm-hmm. it, it is showing respect for the uniform that was used to protect this country. Yes. We, we have the, the name tape, it's called. We, we get that from a place in Waynesburg, mm-hmm. and we want to identify the branch of the service that those that fabric came from. Aha. The what? only mm-hmm. two things that we don't have one of those on is because it's too small is the face mask that you saw this morning. Oh, I forgot to mention and, that, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And a tissue cover. Oh, a tissue! Oh, tissue cover in the face mask. Those face masks are really cool. What uh, do the veterans say? I know this is such a you know a young organization right now, but what do the veterans say uh, that have, are taking the uniforms apart and know what you're going to do with them? Oh, they were thrilled. They were thrilled to be involved, um, and they appreciated that not not only were they involved in a project, but the project really was about them and their history. Oh, wow. That's beautiful. Okay, so how it works is if you're out there and you have these at home, you think, oh, my gosh, my brother left these in the garage or, you know, I have these from my dad. 
they get a hold of your organization. Yes. And you've had people from all over the country actually send in fatigues, haven't you? Yes, we have. My gosh, that's great. And so then... But I've had people here, too, and we'll do a handoff if, if that's, you know, if that makes the most sense rather than them shipping them. Sure. Sure. And you're trying to get a warehouse right now. Connie's doing it out of her home, and you're trying to uh, get enough money to uh, get this warehouse so you can warehouse a lot of this stuff because that's a lot to have in your home and those plastic tubs and everything. Would, lo- would like to have our dining room back. <laughs> but it's funny. You know, this is something that's now close to your heart that you want to do. And so yes. if people have any questions, they can, you know, send you a message. Um, they can get you on Facebook because you have a Facebook as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's called Celebrate Fatigues. So the money that people donate, it is a 501c3, will go right back into being able to process these uniforms, uh, these fatigues, and being able to make them into products. And it's kind of like a win-win all the way around because, talk about the sewing lab, because they do training for people. The sewing lab is is an unusual organization. They are set up to teach people, primarily um, English as a second language people, Mm -hmm. who would don't, don't really have a chance in in the in the job market uh-huh. because of their um, their speech um, or, or their language barriers. We um... and so we're teaching them the skills. Mm-hmm. Well, not we. The sewing labs are teaching them the skills so that they can actually learn how to do the sewing. And then once they graduate from that program, they're advanced group is called the sewing studios oh. and that's like um a rental thing like a hairdresser would have mm-hmm. where people can come in use the equipment pay rent for their little space and be their own business wow so it gives people a chance that's great and so those are the folks that put yours together we did live shots with them a while back and it was incredible to see the women who were there had never even been near a sewing machine before well they're in a new space now they've got new tables a new sewing machine plus the old stuff but the if if you were in the space that feels like the back end of a garage Mm -hmm. this place is wonderful wow it's in the bottom of the um, don bosco center at uh fifth and campbell oh okay that's right why not just be retired and relax and have a good time put your feet up I realized that the waste of millions and millions going to the trash or being burnt, Mm -hmm. I know some do go to thrift stores, but I think most of them are ending up in the trash. And I just, somebody had to do it. (laughs) And there you are. That's great. I want to mention that uh, Connie is married to Barry Morris, who was at Fox 4 for many, many years with WDAF, and one of my um, one of my mentors, one of my idols. And uh, so I want to thank him very much for letting me know about this organization. And if people want to contact you, what's the best way to get a hold of you, Connie? Through the website. There's a comment section. Or if they want to email me directly, it's Connie at CelebrateFatigues.org. Thank you very much, Miss Connie. Good luck to you. Thank you, Kathy. All right, we got more on the way. Stay with us.
Hang on, there's more on the way with Kathy Quinn and Casey Forum. We are back now with uh, Casey Forum. I'm Kathy Quinn. And um, I get a lot of my interviews, you know, when I'm out and about and and via Zoom, you know, with a lot of this pandemic stuff, you just have to get the interviews wherever you can. And it was very interesting. I spoke to Dr. Matt Daggett, and they've started a new kind of a service so that people can just kind of connect with their doctors online. So I was able to talk to him, and I want you to listen to the interview. It sounds a little bit different because it is a Zoom interview, but here it is. Great to have you here. Yeah. And, you know, we're talking about 2020 and, and just troubled times. How has COVID-19, how's, how has this changed the way you practice medicine? Yeah, so for us, it's definitely added a new element uh, to an already complex healthcare situation. I mean, you think about the complexities of taking care of patients day in and day out with the healthcare system in 2020, but adding COVID to the mix and trying to figure out how to make sure patients are getting taken care of, and more importantly, making sure that things don't get missed and you don't have delayed diagnosis and treatments that we're seeing now that frankly, um, usually we would have seen, we would have saw those patients in April and May certainly has changed the way we treat them. So um, it's changed our practice in a lot of ways, just going more virtual, uh, going, being better uh, accessible to the patient, the consumer. Um, some things aren't all bad, you know, I mean, I think some of this needed to happen in healthcare and uh, COVID certainly has flipped the table on, uh, for us. So, uh, for example, for example, uh, express visits for us, we wanted to make sure we're engaging patients in new ways. So, oftentimes, if you're a patient, you have an injury, let's say you sprain your ankle or you injure your shoulder doing something, you don't know whether to go to the ER, urgent care, or just wait and see your primary care doctor. Having a place where you can just call in from your phone virtually and have a virtual face to face with one of our healthcare team that allows direct access for literally just $25 and make sure you don't have to go to the ER or saves you a visit, unnecessary care, a higher side of service. So that's been a huge game changer and patients have really loved that because from the comfort of their home, they can just virtually check in and have a face-to-face visit and kind of a screen to figure out where they should seek care. Um, and if they need immediate care from us, we're able to take care of that or direct them to the right place. So that's been a huge game changer for us and, and for our patients going forward. So explain the type of medicine you practice. Yeah, so I'm an orthopedic surgeon. Uh, we have a practice that's focused on musculoskeletal health. So traditionally, orthopedics is just focused on fixing things when they're messed up or broken, so to say. Uh, our goal is we want to keep people healthy and keep them moving and keep them healthy instead of just focusing on fixing them and returning them health. So obviously, we want to turn people out, but we want to keep and focus on keeping people healthy. All right. So the folks that you're seeing right now, how are they responding then to this express online visits? Yeah, it's been great. Um, we've saved, we've had a couple patients say, thank you so much. You saved me a trip to the ER, um, you know, where they didn't want to go, which is, is good and they didn't necessarily need to. So it's been great to just better hone in because side of service and choosing the right place to obtain care can really impact healthcare costs. Uh, and we want to make sure we're providing and, and, and guiding the right place to obtain care, both from a cost perspective, but from a safety perspective and avoid those delayed treatments we were talking about earlier. That's right, the delay of treatment. So why did you start this urgent care type of a practice back in April? So we had the pandemic starting in March. Explain. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So there's obviously an immediate need and we have the technology now and COVID has forced, I think, everybody to relook how they use technology to better patient care. 
And for us, having the access to patients so they don't have to leave uh, the confines of their home or work or whatnot, to be able to identify where the right source of care they should obtain uh, care from has been really a game changer uh, for patients so that one, you know, patients that are going to hospital, you know, especially now, those, those uh, patients that are going there need to be uh, treated there at higher levels of care. So, you know, there's a lot of sick patients going to hospitals. If you're not sick, obtaining the care you need at the right venue of service is really the important uh, part of the uh, uh, 2020 in general, and I think healthcare going forward. Okay, and so your practice, it's kind of like uh, 2020 made us all kind of change. We had to adapt. We had to uh, kind of adapt to what was going on in the system. Yeah, very much. And so having urgent care and those express visits has really been a way for patients to have that quick, instant access without leaving their home and making mm -hmm. sure they're getting the right care. But also expanding significantly our virtual visits, which pretty much every uh, entity has done, it's really allowed us to also check in more on patients. You know, if we have patients that we typically would see more often because of musculoskeletal health issues, we noticed that those patients weren't coming in April, May, and June like they usually would just to make sure their maintenance is going okay. So it allowed us to check on them and kept them safe because they felt like they needed to be at home. So the virtual visits and the express was really helped with that. Has it been tough for you as a doctor being on the front lines, so to say, during this really crazy time? Yeah, it's certainly added an incredible level of complexity in an ever-changing environment. Um, we're trying to figure out how to make sure we're providing the same top-level care that we always have strived for for our patients, but doing so in more virtual atmospheres such as this, it certainly has changed the way we approach kind of our patient care. Um, and it's also, you know, with uh, the side of service, just making sure that we're keeping patients that can be safely, let's say their surgeries can be safely done at a surgical center or lower uh, uh, side of service care, I think is really important going forward too. I think any doctor who's obviously practicing medicine, they've got to have a certain um, love for it because it's not glamorous. Yeah, no doubt. Talk about why you got into medicine. Um, so really it's about not just like getting people back to health. It's about keeping people healthy. And one thing I always thought in musculoskeletal health was there's always been a focus on fixing things. Mm -hmm. And fortunately in our society, there's not a lot of uh, money invested in preventing things from happening because uh, the financial incentives in our healthcare system are all reactionary in nature. Um, and so we wanted to create an entity and, and I as a physician wanted to pursue a, a career where I could try to focus on keeping people healthy and develop the models to be able to financially sustain that long-term. Because that's what healthcare should be. It should be about health and providing care when needed, but also keeping people healthy and keeping people in our village. Musculoskeletal health, for example, is the top three healthcare spends of most healthcare plans. Uh, it impacts almost every single person in our society. It's one of the leading causes of patients going to the emergency room and one of the leading uh, causes of absenteeism in work. And imagine if we could devote some of that time and energy and effort we spend on fixing things, on trying to keep people healthy. That to me is a real exciting potential uh, opportunity for healthcare going forward. I've talked to other doctors before who have said um, they didn't get into it obviously because they wanted to be a doctor. They wanted to help people. I mean, clearly that's it. But I've talked to doctors who say they, they've done it because they want to help people, but they also treat each patient, not like a number, but like a family member. 
Yeah. How do you how do you see your patients? I mean, I know you've got a bunch of children, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. I've got numerous kids. Four. Of them. <laughs> so, yeah, but no that's got to be in the back of your head. I mean, you you could, this could be my child. This could be my mother. This could be my. Yeah, it's the foundation of why we founded the practice. We wanted the practice to live, breathe, and instill the values that we talk about in our day-to-day life and what our practice was founded on. That's service quality and basically treating people the golden rule, how you want to be treated. Um, And that's really what has, I think, led to our early success. I mean, we're four years out of starting the practice, and it's led to tremendous amount of growth. And people genuinely feel like, you know, what we say we care about our mission statement, our value statements, those are felt by almost every patient. Our net promoter score is constantly over 93, 95, which is pretty great for a healthcare entity. Um, and that's pretty exciting for us and reinstills the values and the reason why we got into this, to your point, in the first place. Okay, so tell me the name of the practice, who's in the practice, kind of describe it to me, please. Yeah, so it's Sano Orthopedics. We're in Overland Park and Lee Summit. Um, we have uh, surgeons that treat shoulder, elbow, knee, uh, spine, uh, foot, ankle, and hand. Uh, we have four surgeons that specialize, two specialize in sports medicine, one specializes in joint replacement and a hip arthroscopy, another specializes in spine. Uh, we take definitely a holistic approach and try to not just get people uh, better from whatever condition they are, but we use that opportunity if they're here, let's say to evaluate their shoulder, let's really make sure we're looking at all of you and identifying potential problem areas that could lead to injury elsewhere. So uh, definitely a little bit of a unique spin, uh, pretty proud of our outcomes, but also of our focus. Okay, and so advice for folks out there as this pandemic continues and drags on and people are depressed and advice from a doctor. Stay moving, movement is medicine. And uh, the challenge is right now in our society when we're all sheltering in place or staying at home more, social distancing, it's taken away a little bit of that social interaction we would do with either playing recreational games, uh, taking a jog with a friend, whatever it may be, you have to stay moving because we're seeing more and more the importance of the limiting the comorbidities and the impact that COVID has on those with comorbidities. Um, and also every study we have says, if you don't move it, you'll lose it, you know, and just staying moving is so important to joint health, uh, mental health and health in general. So move, move, move. And you love what you're doing. Oh, absolutely. Uh, even in the trying times of COVID, it's very satisfying helping people get better and keeping them healthy. Excellent. Uh, just one more thing then, uh, how about, uh, when are we going to get a vaccine? What do you think? I know you don't know. I suspect it will be pretty soon. Okay. I think we'll have multiple different vaccines released in the near future. So but, there. So for folks out there, there is hope. Oh, yeah, there's always hope. We always have to have hope. That's the one thing that's got to keep us going. And if you look at down times and bad times in the past, the hope that those would be over were always fulfilled. So no reason to think we won't have that now. Thank you so much. Hang on, there's more on the way with Kathy Quinn and Casey Forum. We're back with Casey Forum, and I wanted to talk about the Midwest Music Foundation. Obviously, I love music. Miss Rhonda's on the line from the foundation. We've talked many, many times before. I love the work that you all do, Rhonda. Well, thank you so much. 
you know, musicians out there are having a rough time right now with the pandemic. And then, you know, if they have medical bills and they're not working full time, it's just a crazy time. But most recently, um, they've all heard the news of Steve Phillips from the elders passed away. And obviously it's, it's a family band with my family. And um, I noticed that he designated the Midwest Music Foundation as one of the places he wanted people, you know, to donate. H- how does that make you all feel? Uh, when I saw it, I was just really moved and honored because um, it said he, we were one of his favorite charities, and I had no idea. <laughs> the Rainmakers did play one of our events several years ago, but it was, you know, it, was, it really was amazing. And seeing the donations come in, you know, you could see how much he's loved in the community and how much he meant to so many people. And so for folks who don't realize, he was Steve, Bob, and Rich, then morphed into the Rainmakers. They actually had a gold album. I didn't realize that. And, you know, I've only known Steve 20 years. Um, and, of course, I loved him, obviously, in The Elders. And um, the Midwest Music Foundation has helped musicians close to my heart as well. Explain to people what you do. Um, the Midwest Music Foundation is a nonprofit, and our main mission is to support musicians in any way we can to help them make music a viable career. One of our main programs is Abby's Fund for Musicians Healthcare. Um, many musicians don't have insurance or have huge deductibles, so when they ha- are facing medical expenses, you know, a medical emergency or urgent needs, they just don't have the money there, and it could be devastating. So we help them out with um, grants um, they can apply for, and we also guide them to other resources out there and help them navigate that system. We've also started doing preventative care clinics where we, you know, we feel they need to take care of their health in advance, um, doing custom earplugs to protect their hearings. Um, Right now we're doing mammograms. You know, our founder died of breast cancer, so that's very near and dear to our hearts that women need to, you know, early detection is so important, and many of them can't afford to get that. So we want to provide those, you know, so that they can catch it earlier. Um, So that's one other way, we have educational events. We also promote, um, we do a showcase down in Austin. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, this year and looks like next year, we're both canceled. Next year is going to be a virtual event. So probably won't be going down to Austin or any huge events for a while. So um, musicians have really had to come up with new ways. And um, yeah. mm-hmm. in the COVID hit, one thing, you know, a lot of musicians were coming to us and we didn't have anything you know, resources for that, but we started fundraising. Um, Chris Hagarian and others put this KC band together. Victor and Penny did a big stream. We raised a bunch of money. So from that, we've been able to give out these small COVID relief grants. You know, it's mm. a small amount, but it's very quick, usually a few days of processing. And we've given out over 90000 since March. So that's just been amazing to be able, you know, it's not a lot, but it maybe pays a small bill or groceries. And then we guide them to other resources they can apply for that may take a little longer. Did you say 90000 90000 yes. That's that's not a little. That's a lot. No, it's, well, it's, 200, it's a little per person, but it's been a lot of people. Oh, so my gosh. We've had over 350 musicians we've been able to help. Um, and they're coming from all over. And we've had bands that, you know, I've never even heard of. So it's been really interesting, I think, helping get the word out to different. Um, we've had some mariachi bands, which we'd never really worked with, <laughs> and, you know, church musicians and jazz. And, you know, in the past, you know, we kind of, our circle, this has definitely expanded our circle. You know, we've always wanted to include everyone, but we didn't know how 
to reach them. So I think, you know, this is a time where everyone's coming together and trying to get any help they can. And unfortunately, you know, yeah. there's not a lot of big help coming, but, you know, any, any little thing we can do to help them, you know, I think is much appreciated. And, you know, we wanted to do something you know, to be able to ease their burden. And we're talking about the Midwest Music Foundation. They have a Facebook page. They have a website. And uh, what's interesting is that this is a time when everybody's had to be creative. And what better people to be creative than musicians? They're all about creativity, which is is absolutely fabulous. Um, If people want to help, I know there's, um, you can purchase merch. You can do all sorts of things. Rhonda, explain how they can help. Um, yeah, if you go to our website, MidwestMusicFoundation.org, um, there's a donate button on there. There's several ways to donate. Um, our big fundraiser, Apocalypse Meow, is coming up November 7th. This year, due to COVID, we're going to go online. Um, so we're going to have some a few live performances from Record Bar. A few bands are going to come and perform um, just for the cameras. And then we're going to have some pre-recorded we haven't released the lineup yet, but we've got some neat people. Um, Sandra Freeman always does an amazing job of booking that. We're also going to have an online auction that runs most of November. Um, local businesses have donated all kinds of gift certificates and music items, so people can go out there and bid. That will be going up, and all the information will be on our website as soon as it's announced. Um, we're just kind of the finalizing the booking and getting everything loaded up onto the auction site and um so that's really one way. And just, you know, follow us on social media and just help us spread the word is amazing to share our post and, you know, just let us know, you know, what you need and that we're out there to help. You know, music really is a universal language and musicians really are one large family, aren't they? Oh, so much, so much. Music, we always say, is the soundtracks of our lives. You know, you have music at your weddings, your funerals, mm-hmm. you know, all the special occasions and there's songs that can just connect us to a special moment in time. And, you know, I've always been a fan. Um, I've been fortunate to get to meet a lot of the local musicians and call them friends. And it's, mm-hmm. you know, having that special connection even brings you closer to the music. It does. We're going to finish off this show with a special song. And we want to thank you so very much for all the good work you do. It's the Midwest Music Foundation, Rhonda. Thank you so very much. Thank you for helping us shine a light. Okay, so that is podcast number three. Yes, it is. I like this. I really do. Thank you all so much for listening. And thank you to Katie Connors, our executive producer, and Drina Byrne, our associate producer. Of course, the wonderful elders for allowing us to use their music as our bumper music. And big thanks go out to the KQKC Broadcasting Music and Educational Foundation. They help us get this podcast on the air. All right, we're going to finish off with an elder song called Golden Ghost. And until next time, see ya. Cloudy days and stormy nights All alone without a fight Understanding I am lost Up in the sky the golden Footsteps my own 
can change is hope I last And I see the light ahead Golden ghost wants me dead Golden ghost wants me back the most in the sky the golden 